Blog Talk Radio. Do you believe that death is the end? Or is it just a new beginning? Does our soul continue to evolve? Or is it buried six feet under? Spiritual encounters and unexplained phenomena have intrigued people for centuries. But what if you could find the answer? Right here, right here, right now. Right now. Welcome to Heavenly Encounters. Heavenly Encounters. Where we will talk with everyday people who have had extraordinary experiences and gifted souls that see beyond the veil. Beyond the veil. Together, we'll diminish our fear of death, explore our soul's evolution and soften the crippling grief that accompanies loss. Heavenly Encounters. You, our listeners, will discover a new world. A new world. A fresh reality. A fresh reality. Just a whisper away. Heavenly Encounters. So take a deep breath and join us on this fascinating adventure. This is Heavenly Encounters. Heavenly Encounters. A journey to the other side. Heavenly Welcome to Heavenly Encounters, A Journey to the Other Side. I am your host, Mary Elizabeth, broadcasting from Chicago, Illinois. And I am your co-host, Janice, broadcasting live from St. Louis, Missouri. Well, have you ever thought about the bridge between you and your soul? All that program, propaganda, and the limiting thoughts that we believe to be our truth. How about all the leftover baggage from hundreds of our past lives? What do you think your soul thinks about this entangled web that we have woven? What if there was a way to clear it all out and live your most powerful self? Well, there is, and we are going to talk about it. But first, don't forget to check out my new blog, Ghostly Tales and Tainted Bricks, Part 2. You can also access all of our past shows at heavenlyencountersradio.com. Now, Janice, yes. this is one of those subjects I don't know a lot about. Why is it so important? Well, in the in the healing work like that Rock, Roxanne does and stuff like that, so much of what we look at in our lives is limitations, our lessons mm-hmm. that we learn, are, are even sometimes people think they're being punished by God, which is not true. It all kind of comes down to that word of karma. And karma is not a debit or credit. It is just something that we need. It's like a lesson that needs to be learned, something that we need to learn so we can let it go. And once we do that, we can let it go from other past lives. But a lot of times, thinking in terms of karma, it's the energy of a lesson that you need to learn, that you keep bringing back with you until it's learned and you can release it and let it go. Then it's not part of you anymore. Okay. Like Well, we were talking about right before the show is that, you know, one of my things has always been, no one listens to me. And then I get ready to do a radio show and I lose my voice. <laughs> Which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So, anyways, let's bring on the expert. Our guest is Roxanne Sears, who is a shamanic healer and founder of Karma Clinic in St. Louis. She's been doing past life clearings for 25 years. She also likes to travel under the radar, so we are thrilled to have her on the show. Roxanne, welcome to the show. Good evening, Mary. Welcome. Hello there. Well, let's kind of start from the beginning. What do you consider to be kind of the bridge between you or consciousness and your soul? 
Well, when we look at a bridge in its most practical sense, it's, it, it's a structure that helps to create a connection between what was once a chasm between two seemingly, you know, different areas. And if we look at it in that context and just bring it down to its simplest form, we take a look at who we are in our mind and our consciousness living this practical life and then taking a look and and experiencing ourselves as energy, as the energy of spirit. And so when we're bridging um, between what we call the soul or spirit of who we are Mm -hmm. and the conscious mind, it's not always easy for people to understand that right away because what is the soul? It's not practical. And so there can be that chasm between the two. Our consciousness is accustomed to what it can feel and taste and see and hear and pick up, so to speak. So the etheric realm is what deals with the soul and the spirit of who we are. Now, I say that I use both words because I see the Mm -hmm. spirit of who we are just completely in the I am presence. And I do see the soul a collection of all of the experiences that we have. So there's just a little bit of a distinguishing mark between the two there. So when we're thinking about ourselves, about who we are, then that is actually kind of the essence of ourself, not necessarily our soul. And then the soul is a collection of all of those other past lives as well. Or no. It it is the collection of all that we, you know, have experienced, absolutely. So, you know, people use different terminology for that, and, and I understand it as well when somebody says, you know, who I am as a soul, absolutely. And the soul simply is the part of you that is not physical. And so when we take a look at bridging the two, it's, how can we unite the understanding within the self of being an energetic, etheric energy that we call the soul or spirit, having this physical experience? And, and mm-hmm. what is that process of uniting the two? Okay. Well, you know, one of the most difficult concepts for me to wrap kind of my, my head around is that and we've talked about this, that time is not linear, nor are our past lives. So can you kind of explain that and how that kind of works itself into the bridge? Well, I mean, that's something that I love that question because it is so far reaching. And sometimes we have to go through layers and levels within ourselves to under, you know, to grasp that because we have to actually step out of the mind. I mean, that's why people go on spiritual journeys and they do vision quests or they, they might, you know, do something like ayahuasca because they want to step out of the mental body, which understands that two plus two is four and that there's up and down and it understands in linear concepts and practical concepts. And yet when I connect with the spirit, you know, of who we are and onto quote like that side it isn't. I see more of a spiral um, and that it's all, and maybe I'm not a math major, and maybe a better way of explaining that is that I see it a little bit more exponentially. And exponentially meaning that it is rising or expanding, whether it's at a rapid rate or a, a slow rate out. 
And so I've always been interested when I see that spiral design that is so common in most things created by nature just over and over again Mm -hmm. because I see that within ourselves as well. So the mind understands yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's how the Mm -hmm. mind sees and, and experiences itself. So you have to go outside of the mind to allow a different experience. Hmm, okay. Now and let's take, let's say, for instance, Janice, who was in her past life, obviously she spent a lot of time back in ancient Egypt. My most current, my past life was in an insane asylum, so it's been a little different between us. Um, how does that kind of, <laughs> I'm serious, how does that kind of affect kind of like the baggage that we're bringing in? We're going to talk a second about what you do and how you clear it, but how does it affect our life now, um, some of the other lives that we've had? Okay, so, let, yeah, let's get into that. So, listen, you could have had, let's just say, five or five million past lifetimes. Let's just understand that first, okay? So okay. when we take a look at, you know, let's just say that your spirit is choosing to incarnate. Now, you may have set it up with your, you know, yourself, you may have set it up with teachers, guidance, and some people I do see them on the other side in soul groups, okay? So when they're in soul groups, mm-hmm. there's a tendency to work together. There might be a common theme on the other side, kind of our idea of like a, a college group that's working to get through a course study together, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. might see something like that on the other So given that, it's not a linear study on the other side as well. It might be that given how you choose to continue developing for your, you know, what we, you and I might call your skills, your gifts, and how you want to vibrate and, and um, emanate your radiant glow into, you know, the world, you will choose a type of curriculum. And you will also then take a look at some of the studies of where that theme, that pattern, that process may have presented itself before, as you and I understand it. And in that, with your teachers, let's say, you might take a look at nailed it here, nailed it there. I think I might want to set myself up with the predisposition of manifesting, let's say, parents or an environment that are that is going to produce a certain set of, let's say, possibilities for that theme to emerge. So we don't choose necessarily the specific experiences, et cetera. Not that that's off the table. I mean, you know, everyone's an individual and every experience is an individual experience. So with that, we come in to experience. So a lot of times what I like to tell people is that Usually what we're here to study is what we're having the most difficulty with. <laughs> so, <laughs> Great. And, and, and usually because what you saturate with as a child, that's just you're saturated with it, and that is what it is. So it's usually when we experience a lack of something, I didn't have this, didn't have that, that, that the internal self yearns for that, which will take us thus into a study of that whatever that is. So there there goes. That becomes the curriculum. So 
what I study, I'm going to take a look at the, and we live in this land and this reality of polarity. So I'm going to see what is and what isn't, what is possible, what I don't think is possible, where my limitations are, where my expansion already is. And usually we have a natural drive. That's why the masters will tell you, we have a natural drive towards joy, towards love, towards possibilities. And I think one of the most phenomenal things about human beings is no matter how bad it gets, there, there's always hope. Yes. You'll, you'll see hope. It, hope springs eternal. It literally comes back around, you know, like spring. And I think that's just amazing in, in our human complexity that that is just something that's built into us. So, and not that, you know, there is not to take away from hard processes and, you know, depressing times and traumas and tragedies, and yet it has a, it has a tendency to reemerge. So, given that, when we are studying and when we are drawing, quote, subconsciously certain people's and experiences to us, that gives us the ability to then take a look at what is this? What is my relationship to it? And man, the soul loves that. Our human consciousness doesn't when it's not fun. <laughs> but this, I see when I see the soul, when I step, you know, kind of aside out of my personality and, and I'm doing the work and, and I connect in with the, the spirit and the energy, I really see our souls like that of, just like that of nature, unhindered by man. I really do. And so I really connect to the soul level in that greater truth that really what the soul is always seeking is balance, just like nature, how it grows with ease. Some things will die off, some new things will come in, and, and just all of the elements that come together that allow that to happen. So in that process of it, when we're taking a look at the soul in terms of life, <clears throat> even when we are studying, okay, I was in that lifetime, I didn't nail that one. Or, you know, a lot of tragedy happened to me there. So now I might want to experience empowerment and let's move into a lifetime where in these other lifetimes I got really stuck. I got really stuck with empowerment. Different ways we can get stuck with empowerment. Maybe I believed, I believed my generational pattern. Others didn't allow it for me. Could have been environmental and community oriented, born into a caste system. These are just examples. Um, right, so right. I may have had quite a few lifetimes where things like that, or I, I may have done it to myself. May have studied it and went, wow, look what I did to myself. So I might decide I want to study empowerment. So in that complexity, I will most likely choose, let's say, an environment or a family that might have empowerment issues. So if I didn't get it, if I wasn't fully saturated with it in, let's say, childhood, adolescence, young adulthood, because I'm seeking joy and empowerment, the energy of power, when I use that word, I'm really looking at life and mm-hmm. just, the, just feeling alive. Not, I'm not looking at the egoic structures of power. So in that context, the soul will move through an incarnation where there will be a struggle. And usually down deep, there's going to be this feeling like, don't stop, keep going. There's more to this. 
that sort of thing. I call it like the little carrot that gets dangled. And it's usually a deep feeling. This is where our truth, it's not in the mind. It's, it's through knowingness. It's through feeling. It's, it's down deep within ourselves. And that's the closest to the divine. I always go down when I connect to the divine. Right. Hmm, interesting. So this gives us so, a, a, so so one more thing go I ahead. just want to add to that and we'll go on is that it's one thing if it's just naturally given. It's just you and I both know that. You know, everything that's easily given to us it's like, "Oh, okay, what's next?" Yeah. But that which right. we've worked for, that which we've moved through or whether we walked through the mud for it, whether we climbed a mountain for it or whether we failed 10 times, when that comes the appreciation and the gratitude is like, wow, that's big. Yeah. Wow. Well, like Janice, we were talking earlier. It's like, you know, Janice is not aging. She's actually getting younger, <laughs> which, which I really hope I can kind of get the same uh, elixir that you're taking. But, you know, for the first half of your life, you didn't know whether you were going to live or die. I mean, you no. just literally went through hell on earth. And now yeah. you're kind of reaping the rewards of that. So and, and, how you know, does that like- kind of play into it? Well, and it's like Roxanne said, you know, when I first got sick, they gave me six months to live. And they would come in and they would do that. They told my mom, go home and make funeral arrangements. But again, like Roxanne said, I knew I wasn't going to die. I knew no matter what they said, no matter how many Mm -hmm. tests they run, I was not going to die. And that's what I went with. And in that respect, that was such an overpowering feeling that, you know, I I just, it never, it, I mean, I was really sick, but I always knew I wasn't going to die. And even the doctors I have now can't believe that I, I lived through what I lived through. Wow, that's incredible. Yep. Hmm. But yeah, most well, people don't have those kind of things. They have patterns that say, oh, gosh, I keep on getting in the same relationship that never works and it's abusive, or I keep on getting a boss that never likes me. It's always those things that repeat over and over and over again also that really are what we are working on too in this lifetime, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's why there is, I think that's why there, we all have angels here on earth doing all kinds of different mm-hmm. work, whether it's an accountant right. or being a doctor and, you know, healers have their place as well. Absolutely. For an, an absolute and therapist as well. So the beauty is is that I think we all, as souls, take a look at what's needed, and, and we sign up and go, hey, I'll go there. You're going to go over there? Okay, we'll meet back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see yep, how it happens, right. and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go from there, and we'll see what's, ne- what's, what's needed right. for the next century. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I guess my husband has a hard time with this, and I can understand why. He lost two brothers very, very young, uh, two years apart. They died two miles apart in car accidents, and one was on Mother's Day. It's like, why would anybody choose that for a lifetime? And the pain it caused, obviously, his parents, the rest of the family. I mean, it really redirected everyone's entire life. So why would someone choose something something so horrific? Well, we're all part of the great mystery, and and we would all love on a very logical, practical level to know why for everything. Mm-hmm. And yet, sometimes, you know, we we have to move into that individual space and connect with spirit and just see what information is there for that individual. 
You know, sometimes it is about the family dynamic. Sometimes it is about that soul. There's never one pat answer for individual experiences like that. Um, And a lot of it is our lack of understanding. You know, we get, listen, when we're on the, when we're in the spirit level, we love coming into this earth plane. Man, it's fun. We get to smell flowers and eat ice cream. And see, when I see it, when I, when I jump back and forth, when I'm in spirit and I, you know, we kind of look into this plane, it's like, yeah, but our, our vibration slows down and it limits to a degree. And, and, you know, I'm going out on an edge when I say that. But uh, I'm just saying it in a real practical way. Like, it just limits to, to a degree. So when we come into the earth plane, it's a joy for the soul as well to have, mm-hmm. quote, like a different experience. You know, we're not eating ice cream. We just, I am that I am is something that could take a person a lifetime or, or a couple years or a couple months to truly understand that statement. But when you're in spirit, I am that I am. I, it, it's so, mm-hmm. so when we slow that vibration down and come into this plane, it is really the simple things that are so, so enjoyable. But, you know, we get hooked. We get hooked and we right. get attached. Yeah. And I, I'm a mother. And, and it, was a, it was a deep lesson for me to, to really get it. When I mean get it, it means it's like getting it down in my knowingness center. I, I don't just understand it on a mental level. I feel it deep in my belly. There's a knowingness mm-hmm. there that I'm now connected to when I get something. So to, to know and see my son and to know that I'm here to share with him, but I have, to, I have to watch attaching to him, attaching myself to him and my identity and my, my mm-hmm. sense of, you know, what life is about with him. And, and I think, you know, as a mother, if, if you know, you know that. So that's, ve- that's a very difficult lesson to, to get. And yet it's not to take away from our grief because grief is a part of life. Mm-hmm. Grief is just as much, you know, we are Americans. There's, we have this sense of if I just get something, I'll be okay. And yet that dying away process that happens in life, that is a part of life, that's a part of life. And it happens with right. us all as humans. So it, I, it's part of the great mystery and it's a part of life. Right. Yeah. So let's kind of, let's shift into what you do because it still is just, mind-boggling to me you actually go in and I don't really even understand how you go in and do past life clearing so you're kind of getting rid of some of this muck so that we can become you know more powerful and more present so what actually do you do right and I started I started using that title I call it back in the old days (laughs) when I was doing (laughs) shamanic healing back in the old days when um you know, I wanted to make sure that people who came to me understood, especially if, if they were a part of a traditional culture or a traditional religion, I, I just wanted them to understand we, were, we would be getting into some past lifetimes. And so really what I do is when a person comes in, they don't have to even talk about what they want to do because really their higher self is going to guide me. But some people, they're very well aware of their processes. Sometimes we just might feel snagged. You know, we might be going along and just feel a little snagged. And if we don't get to it or understand it, you know, because we have different layers within us. We've got the mental body, the emotional body, the physical body. 
et cetera, et cetera, the etheric body. So if that's not an easy process, absolutely what I'll do is work with that individual. They'll come in, they'll lie on the table, they might have certain areas that they might want to specify or intentions they want to set or they don't have to say anything. And what I do is connect with what I call the higher self. It's just an easy term, whether some people call that the oversoul or the spirit of who you are. And what I do is I open up all levels. So I create the sacred space for us both to move into. The higher self will guide the session. I don't care if your great-grandma is there. We don't really let anybody in unless it's proved by your higher self, so to speak. So it's just your higher self and my higher self. And I'll open up on all of the sensory perceptive levels, meaning hearing, seeing, that's through the third eye, okay, whether it's the emotive level or empathic level, and then through the sensory perceptive level. And obviously I'm connecting in with what we call the etheric or the energy body. I always consider that the foundation where it all begins because we're all made up of energy. So in that, I listen to the higher self, and we're going to go in and we're going to take a look. And the reason we even just take a look at clearing, quote, like a past lifetime, it's really whatever energy got stirred up from that is what we're looking at, is for this reason. Now, first of all, I'm going to digress, because everything that people pull from in a positive way, that all gets left alone. So oftentimes we are pulling from our past lifetimes. That's why we might just feel a pull, like, I, I know I'm going to do this, or I know mm-hmm. I can do that. Or some people just have musical inclinations, or they just they get math and science, and they just have this sense, like, I just want to explore that to the nth degree. So a lot of times, a lot of that background energy has been explored in other ways in different lifetimes. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. But sometimes when people are coming to me, especially if they feel a little snag here or there or something big, you know, we experience reoccurring patterns. Like, why is this happening again? We'll go into two areas. First always is the subconscious. We're an informational system. We've been collecting information from birth up. So especially when we deal with reoccurring patterns, we're going to take a look at the subconscious body to see what is stored there as a belief. That's a complexity all in itself, and I won't get into all of that. Likewise, the soul contains all of its experiences as well. So if you are working or experiencing a certain, let's say, pattern, theme, as we call them, you know, emotions, um, mm-hmm. certain processes, different ways of explaining it, then what's going to light up, especially if it's something that you want to clear up or the higher self saying, hey, they're getting tripped up by this, let's help move them along. What I'm going to do is look into what we call, some people call it the Akashic Records, and I look at it as that storage system that has highlighted markers of Usually, more ex- they could have been extreme experiences. They could have they just they just they record it real intensely into that in, that person in that incarnation, and it got stored that way. So if you're going through, you could be going through something different with the same pattern, or I mean, different specifics with the same pattern. And if it's highlighting in the background there within the the context of the past lifetimes. 
we want to clear all of that up because it's feeding into the line. It's just it's feeding into that line of energy. And you don't want that if it's hindering, blocking, separating, or causing a distance between you and your core self, your authentic self, because your authentic self is that part of you that knows joy. It knows what it's like to just be okay. So when we start moving away from that sacred center, we want to we untangle anything that's helping to, you know, support it and pulling away. That's, that's probably the easiest way I can explain that. Okay. Well, you know, Janice actually did a session with you, which, which is, I, I don't say it's funny, but, you know, when most people start getting headaches, you know, I would get a headache and think, oh, my gosh, I, did I drink enough water today? Did I eat something I shouldn't have eaten? But, Janice, tell us about your experience when you were basically beheaded. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I, I've been gone to Roxanne <laughs> for a very long time. I don't one time, do I, I never get headaches. And in kind of going into meditation, I got, you know, I heard tumbrel. And that is a French word that means the cart that they took you to the guillotine. Mm. So Roxanne and I got together and I said, you know, do you know what a tumbrel is? And she said no, and I explained it. And I would say, you know, but it was something that came up and I didn't know how to get rid of it. And Roxanne went in and was able to go ahead and clear that energy out because as this energy is coming in, it's giving me a headache. So I'm I'm aware of it. And she was able to go ahead and do that and then explain to me that that ride through that tremble through the streets before I got to the guillotine was actually worse than being beheaded because people were throwing things at you and abusing you and grabbing you and stuff like that. So it was actually a relief when you got to the destination. But but that's what wow. it was, and that was the answer that I got, you know. And I knew what it was, but I could not get, I could not, like Roxanne said, you get a snag. I could not get rid of it on my own. Hmm. Well, it just, well, that it just goes to prove that everything is energy and everything is an imprint. So, I mean, if something happened in a past life, it's still that energy is still with you in this life. So then when you go in, Roxanne, what do you actually, what do you actually see? Do you see like a vision of you know, Janice being with her head cut off or in this tremble? Or what do you, I mean, well, how, do you, how does I it come to you, I guess I'm trying to ask. Right. And let, let me step back. So I want to clarify what you just made a comment about. You know, everything that we've experienced doesn't mean it's up, like it's up and it's, and it's, it's vibrating in an active mm-hmm. way. Um, I just want to clarify that because it takes the patterns reemerging to kind of like click them into gear, so to speak. So that's okay. why we don't – see, this is why we don't have a memory – for the most part, you know, some people are very intuitive or it comes out in their dreams, but, you know, you don't sit around on your living room couch and go, okay, what was I doing back in 1701? Is that energy <laughs> or was I even around then? Because emotion follows thought. Right. So thought right. will always precede emotion. So you don't want all of that, in, you don't want it all in your head. Yet the communication systems are very, you know, finite. They're very they're very powerful. The subconscious is very powerful. So it usually takes something going on that triggers a thought in us 
that then triggers an emotion in us. And if it's worked over and over, it becomes, you know, and whether it's negative or positive, we want more of the positive. We don't want more of the negative. That's where we'll start taking a look at clearing. And go ahead. What is your next question? No, that was that was part of it, and I just you know with with Janice, you also I know you had an incident with a knife also, but your average person isn't going to think, oh my gosh, I feel like I have a knife in my side, and actually have one. <laughs> so I mean, for those of us who aren't that in tune, how do we begin to know that? Yeah, we have this kind of snag. Well, first of all you want to work on the snag. The, the snag itself is usually if you're working on it, uh, first of all, it, you, de, you, depend, you have to decide, sorry, you have to decide if it's mental or it's emotional. Usually once the emotions get rolling, that's when it becomes a problem for somebody, right? So okay. in that, you deal with your emotion by backtracking it to the thought. Now, unfortunately, sometimes our emotions are so well honed, they could be from childhood, they could be, you know, from five different experiences and it gets stored. And as Janice is probably very well aware, and you you may have discussed this uh, previously, that that's what then creates the pain body is when certain types of patterns and experiences get stored over and over. Yeah. So how, you know, a person, obviously people, you know, whether they're accustomed to working on themselves or not, some might go to a traditional therapist, some might read Mm self-help books for themselves, some might do self-meditation. All of those are wonderful. You know, the work I do, it's just, it's good for some people that are open to this kind of work and there might be a lot of muddling going on and they just want to clear it all up as much as they can. So, I follow the emotion back to the thought. And if that is not clearing it, I always pay attention to my body. Like if I was working on myself, then I would pay attention to my body. Where does this come up on on my body? And I might let my body speak to me. Now, obviously, we go to other people if we don't have that kind of, you know, relationship with ourselves or we're just getting started or still learning about that. Absolutely. Now, I just see, you know, I, I've been trained to see, I've been doing it for so long, it's, it's, I don't think anything of it, but I do keep it very clinical. I only, do the, I only do this when I am in session with myself or with other people. I don't just walk around on the street seeing everything. You know, I have boundaries <laughs> and I respect other yeah. people's boundaries. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. So and how you did you wanna, end you know, up on this path? I mean, this is something, this you know, is the first I, I time, really, and I've done this for a long time. This is the first time I've ever heard of this. Um, obviously, it's very, very specialized. Yes. Well, you know, I think I was always destined for it. And most likely, probably at about the age of 23 is when I started, I started uh, learning this particular modality. I I popped open when I was 19. When I was 19 years old, I just psychically popped open, yet it was very annoying. And and most people who have popped open, a lot of them will have similar experiences, I'm sure. You're just picking up stuff and you're wondering if you're crazy or not or how grounded you need to to get. (laughs) And then you want to prove it to yourself. You're like, what was that? And you want to find, you know, was the, am I thinking correctly? And so that can become very annoying. 
I think empaths actually have it harder. I used to just see. Um, and empaths can even have it harder because they're emotionally feeling and they have to uh, delineate between what's theirs and what's others' emotions. So I intuitively just asked for it to be shut down until I was ready. Now, at the age of mm-hmm. 23, I went to a healer that did a form of this, and she combined it, beautiful woman, she combined this with uh, craniosacral therapy, and I've always described craniosacral besides being one of my favorite therapies, but also um, kind of like acupuncture without the needles. And when she found blocks that just the craniosacral wasn't getting it to open up, she went to, quote, and she was led into other people's past lifetimes. And so she was led to teach a small group of people what she did. And I, she asked me, and I said, sure. And um, I just picked up on it easily. I just, it was fun. I didn't think I didn't think I would choose this as a career. I thought when I was old, like at the age I am now, <clears throat> that I would choose to do it. <laughs> and I think when I made the conscious decision that yes, I wanted to um, follow this path and, and be of service in this lifetime, then it, it my life rearranged itself and it made it happen. Wow. Well, now, Janice, you're like you're a vibrational healer. You've got your own Egyptian style of healing that you do that's unique mm-hmm. to you. So what's the difference between that and uh, shamanic healing? Well, I think probably the, the, the basics are probably very same. But a lot of times when you're talking about modality, like um, Roxanne's talking about shamanic, which would be more of a Native American or kind of a, a, a shamanic culture, or in ancient Egypt, it wasn't a shamanic, it was more of a priesthood type of thing. So the words are different and the practices are different, but it's basically the same thing. And a lot of these modalities um, that are coming in now, they seem to be more and more specialized. Um, people, uh, you, you just run into more and more people that are like Roxanne, that it's a, it's a specific modality that a few people are able to pick up and utilize. And that's what makes it so great. And it's not like Reiki where you can just go in and take a three- or four-day right. class and it's available to everyone. And number two, it, I, I think for mine it was part of karma because I brought Egypt back with me. Mm-hmm. And bringing right. Egypt back with me was who I was, and I was a healer in so many of those lives. Hmm. But, so Roxanne, you, when you were 19, it was... You know, this wasn't considered a gift. It was kind of annoying because, I mean, as a 19-year-old, you probably had other things you wanted to do. So do you think, is this something people can learn if they're interested in that form of healing, or is it really something that you're gifted toward and this is kind of your your path in this lifetime? For me, this is my path in this lifetime. <clears throat> um, I would consider mm-hmm. myself the reluctant one, you know, like, really? We're going to do this? Okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> But I have to tell you, it is so beautiful now to see that there are, you know, these beautiful, like, hands of light, hands of light schools, shamanic schools. The Reiki is just all over the place. You know, yeah. pranic healing is all over the place. Cranial sacral, to me, is another shamanic healing tool. And when I look at, you know, I do use the word uh, shamanic, and yet I see it in its most basic form. When I see the shamanic uh, practitioner or even techniques, 
I see one who is just simply able to, to have one foot in the spirit world and one foot in this practical world and work to bridge mm-hmm. the two together as much as we can for that, for, the, for that person at that time. Or, you know, some shamanic practices are more ceremonial. They'll work with big groups of people, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm just using the word in its most basic. Right. Okay. Hmm. Well, Janice, we have time for one more question, and I'll let you ask it, whatever it may be. <laughs> whatever it may be. Not to put you be. on the spot or anything. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, um, I, I can honestly say that Roxanne was part of my, we talk about my healing journey. She was part of my healing mm-hmm. journey, and I learned a lot about her. I even took a couple of classes from her. And um, I would highly recommend to anybody, you know, that if they're interested. But I want to go back that when, Roxanne, when you were talking about that snag, you know, that a lot of times people will realize that there's a snag there. Doesn't that, that snag sometimes just show up not so much as a snag, but as maybe anxiety or a rash or some kind of physical manifestation? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's that gets us to notice, quote, the problem or, you know, the lack of energy that we are experiencing. Yes, absolutely. It, physical discomfort is the greatest way because it makes you focus. Like, it yes. doesn't feel good or that doesn't look good. It's a great way to get our attention. <laughs> Anxiety is a great way to get uh, get our attention. You know, anxiety, if we were to use anxiety as an ally to go in, you know, I I mean, and I know some people don't even know how to do that, but really going in is nothing more than using your imagination. I mean, imagination Mm -hmm. is God-given. It's a God-given tool that we have till the day we transition. Why not use it? (laughs) We get to our truth that way. Yeah, you use your imagination, you go in, and you just start talking to the anxiety. Maybe not while you're in it, but what happens is is we ignore it. We put it out, we push it, we push it, we push it until it becomes a problem. Then we're at the doctor, and then it starts becoming such a problem that we're now afraid of it. Well, now we're afraid of something that actually lives within us. So you see how far away we're getting from our center. We just get further and further and further away. So even something that big like anxiety, and I know anxiety can be debilitating and and cause panic, et cetera, for people. So to work with that, like not when we're in the moment of anxiety, but when we're in a different moment, to, to call that feeling into us that says, listen, this is the feeling that's living within me. I need to get to know it because it's trying to tell me something. So that's that process. Yeah, so absolutely. It comes up physically, emotionally, in different ways. Perfect. Well, we're running out of time. One quick question. If people want to do a session with you in St. Louis or want a road trip to see you, how can they get a hold of you? I keep a very busy uh, basic business card on the Internet with my uh, – with my information, but my, I guess I can give you my phone number here. Um, my yeah. number is 636-946-52. And obviously, you know, you can Facebook me or Roxanne Sears at hotmail.com. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much. This was absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Mary, I love you. You're great. Thanks, sweetie. <laughs> Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Janice, it is time for Illuminations. 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 
time for illumination. Food for your mind. What do you have for us? Okay, this is from Sri Aurobindo. Karma from the past lives exists. Much of what happens is due to it, but not all. For we can mend our karma by our own consciousness and efforts. But the suffering is simply a natural consequence of past errors, not a punishment, just as a burn is a natural consequence of playing with fire. It is part of the experience by which the soul, through its instruments, learns and grows until it is ready to turn to the divine. Well, that was beautiful, and that's all we have time for. Thank you once again for another fascinating show, Janice, and thank you to our wonderful listeners for joining us. Until next time, be inspired, be empowered, and be well. You've been listening to Heavenly Encounters, A Journey to the Other Side. Good night. 